chapter 11. Just a few thoughts this morning from this passage. We're not going to go in depth here, but I think some things that are an encouragement to you. Can I have that? Yes. It's going to be full. She knows I always have a cup of water on the pulpit when I'm... Thank you, Heck. All right. So Luke chapter 11. Let's just read, um, we'll begin with verse 2 and read down through verse 13. One of his disciples, obviously, is asking Jesus, teach us to pray. So, verse 2, and he said unto them, when ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father Give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. <clears throat> now, I just want to share a few things with you from this passage. Uh, just to encourage you in, in prayer. And, uh, you know, we all need uh, encouragement in prayer. And it's such a blessing to be able to pray. Uh, and there are rewards when we pray. In Minto, where we are, it, as you saw, it is a mining community. Uh, and so a lot of the older people, especially a lot of the older men, were miners. And one of the men that we've gotten to know, uh, and by the way, he's another one of those that came years ago uh, and is now starting to come back. Uh, he's definitely saved, loves the Lord. And getting to know him, he was talking about his childhood, and he said, you know, my mother said to me, he kept skipping school, you know, when he was in his early teens, and he said, my mother said, you either go to school or you get a job. And he said, well, I, I started mine because of the reward, because I could make money. Uh, and it was tough work. I couldn't imagine doing that. Maybe I'm claustrophobic or something, but he talks about having to lay on his back and, you know, get the, the coal or, or crawl in on his stomach. And, and underneath, you know, I, I couldn't do that. But he was willing to do that uh, because for him it meant, you know, making money. There was a reward. Well, 
prayer comes with reward, not, not an earthly uh, reward that, that, that just, uh, you know, you spend it and it's gone. But prayer comes with so many eternal rewards and, and uh, such um, blessing to us as we walk with the Lord. And so I want us to see that this morning. We're going to see basically three things, is that when we pray, see that at the beginning, when we pray, we're talking to our Father, our Heavenly Father. That, that in itself uh, is uh, such a, a blessing, an incentive to pray, because we have a Heavenly Father we can talk to. Secondly, our Father, our Heavenly Father, wants us to be persistent in prayer. There's blessings when we are persistent in prayer. And lastly, we'll see that <clears throat> our Heavenly Father is good and generous in his answering, in his, uh, as we pray. And so when we look at the Lord's Prayer, we call, call it or the model prayer that Jesus gave to his disciples. I mean, the first thing he says in verse 2, Our Father, which art in heaven. And everything else kind of flows from that. Uh, and we're not, as I said, there's a lot that we could spend a lot of time just on this portion. We're not going to spend that kind of time. But just to realize that we are praying to our Heavenly Father. You know, John tells us in 1 John, the, 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 uh, his epistle, 1 John 3, 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of of God. We belong to him because of Jesus Christ. And we have this tremendous relationship that we can go to him anytime uh, in prayer. And we don't have to, now Jesus gave a model prayer, but, uh, but the Lord understands our hearts. He knows what we're saying. He hears us, whether we're speaking audibly or whether we're speaking in our hearts to him. We have that wonderful blessing to be able to go to our Father uh, in prayer. And you know, he says uh, in verse 2, when he starts out with this model prayer that he's giving to his disciples, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven so in earth. And you think of it, uh, that really flows, a, a request like that, coming from us to our Heavenly Father, it flows out of our love for him. We want to see him honored uh, if we're his children. I mean, what child does not want to say about his earthly father, wow, that's my dad, and they want to have a reason to uh, be proud of their heavenly father, and they want to see him successful. Well, as spiritual children, as God's children, we can say to our heavenly father, to our creator, honored be your name. We want his, we, that's a request to him, that his name would be honored, that he would be glorified. But then uh, as we go uh, on in this model prayer, Jesus also says um, in verse 3, uh, give us day by day our daily bread, and then in verse 4, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so those requests as well flow from the fact that God is our Heavenly Father. He's our provider. We go to Him for our needs. And forgiveness is a promise that He has given. We go to Him confessing our sin. We go to Him, first of all, uh, trusting in Christ our Savior to save us from our sin. 
But then as we walk with him, there are times we know we need to go and confess and receive that forgiveness to keep that relationship with the Father the way it should be. And so that's why Jesus says, uh, he mentions forgiving others, because that needs to take place as well, so that relationship to our Father can be what it ought to be. And so uh, this all comes from the fact that Jesus, I'm sorry, that God is our Father, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We know that our Heavenly Father is not going to lead us in uh, the wrong way when we trust him and we follow him. He's going to lead us uh, in the way that he would have us to go in, as Psalm 23 says, uh, to lead us or guide us in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. He's going to do that. We can trust him to do that. And the final thing that I want us to see about this first part uh, of this passage, this model prayer, is the fact that all of these requests all of them that Jesus gave to his disciples when he was teaching them how to pray, all of them are already guaranteed in Scripture. God's not going to, he's going to make sure that his name is glorified. He said, you know, my uh, glory, I'm not going to give it to another. And so uh, all of those, his, his honor and his kingdom we know is going to come uh, is guaranteed. He's promised to give us our, our daily needs, our daily bread. We know he has said that. Uh, he has promised to give forgiveness, and we can rest in that, and he has promised to protect us and lead us and guide us uh, and not allow us to be tempted above that we are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape. And so all these things are guaranteed to us. And so th then why do we have to pray for them? Because it goes back to that relationship. Our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father. We're talking to him, understanding as we pray who he is and what he has promised to do and trusting and resting in his word. It's a relationship. It's not, prayer is not some kind of a, I don't know, psychological trick to help us feel better. It's a conversation with our Heavenly Father. There was an older lady in one of our ministries that I remember visiting in the hospital. She was about 90 years old, and uh, she was telling me about her husband who had passed away some years earlier. I didn't know her husband. But she was telling me about when she had to put her husband into a nursing home. He had, it was either dementia or Alzheimer's, something where she was not able to take to care for him in the way that he needed. And so she, he went to a nursing home. Now, he, she would visit him on a regular basis. It was just down the road from where they lived. But she told me that, you know, he was just uh, mean to her. I mean, he would go, she would go, and he would say terrible things to her. He obviously didn't understand why, you know, why he was there was getting to the point where he wasn't remembering people and things like that. And, and it was very difficult for her, she said, you know, just to go and visit him. But she said to me, but then I could come home and I could pray and give it all to my Heavenly Father. You see, the blessing of prayer, having that relationship with God, our Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, 
uh, it should be an incentive to us to pray. But then as, as Jesus goes on here, he gives to his disciples not only the, this model prayer, but also two examples uh, to encourage them, to continue, you know, in, to encourage them in prayer. And the first uh, example he gives has to do with persistence. And we understand when we read this that God wants us to be persistent in prayer. Uh, verses 5 through 10, the example that Jesus gave of, you know, a friend that was, went to a friend who they were in need. And so look at verse 5. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is uh, in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. So Jesus gave this example, something that they could probably relate to. Uh, someone coming in the middle of the night with a need and being a bother uh, because you don't want to get out of bed and, uh, you know, uh, and, and take care of that need. You're already, you're already going to sleep. Um, I remember we lived in, when we were in Moncton, New Brunswick, for a while we lived in an apartment building, and one morning, early in the morning, we woke up to a man in the parking lot yelling at the top of his lungs, Jacob, Jacob, I mean, just yelling, and uh, what had happened was that uh, the, the building, as apartment buildings, as you know, the, the door was, unless you have a key, you can't get into the building. And he needed to pick up this person, Jacob, I remember his name, uh, <laughs> because he had a flight. He needed to catch a flight. They, we didn't, weren't that far from the airport there in Moncton. And so this guy was just yelling, Jacob. And then he knew he was waking up people in the apartment building. So he said, he's in apartment such and such. Go knock on his door. You know, he's going to miss his flight. And so, you know, he was being persistent, and he was being shameless. He didn't care what we thought of him. My thoughts were not very good uh, towards him at that time, but he was just yelling for all he's worth because he needed to get Jacob's attention, and pretty soon we heard boom, 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 boom down the hallway and slam the door, and he made it, I think, hopefully, to his flight. But, you know, persistence and shamelessness, that's what Jesus is talking about here. If you look in verse 8... Um, Jesus applies this illustration, this example. He says, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And importunity would be shameless persistence. And say it that way, shameless persistence. Now, I'm not saying we need to be like that guy when we pray. <laughs> To, to God, to our Heavenly Father, uh, that we need to yell at the top of our lungs. or any, We need to be reverent. Um, remember, hallowed be thy name. Uh, we need to be humble, but Jesus is saying here, look, your Heavenly Father wants you to be persistent in prayer. And he goes on, verses 9 and 10, he says, And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you, for every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And so Jesus, in a sense, repeats himself 
saying in verse 9, you know, asking you shall receive and so on. And then saying it another way in verse 10, for everyone that asketh receiveth and so on. He's saying that because he's emphasizing the fact and he's literally saying, keep on asking, keep on seeking, you know, keep on knocking. And as I said before, it's not a mindless repetition. Well, if I say the words right so many times, I'll get some kind of an answer. Uh, Jesus talked about vain repetition and how that was wrong. This, isn't, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about having a conversation with our Heavenly Father and saying, Lord, this is a need, and I'm just continuing to bring it to you. I have this burden on my heart. Uh, I have this need, Lord. And here it is again. I'm bringing it in faith. Uh, you probably are familiar with George Mueller. Uh, many, you know, most are today. Uh, man in the, who in the 1800s in Bristol, England, had the orphanage, and he maintained all of that by faith. And uh, one example from his life, he, uh, he is my hero of the faith. I love to read about uh, George Mueller's life. And he recounted towards the end of his life an example where he said he had prayed for five friends to be saved. And he said, you know, I prayed for 18 months, and the first friend was saved. And then I had to pray for another five years, and the second friend came to the Lord. And then I prayed for another six years, and the third friend came to the Lord. And when he's talking about this, he's an older man. He's near death doesn't realize it, but uh, he's an older man. And he says, I prayed for that fourth friend for 36 years. And the writer of the biography said that just before George Mueller died, that fourth friend came to the Lord. And it wasn't long after he died that that fifth friend also was saved. See, God blessed his persistence in prayer. And so we have the blessing of talking to our Heavenly Father. And we have the blessing of persistence. We know that God hears and answers our prayers and wants us to be persistent. When we ask according to his will, he hears us. And then lastly, Jesus gives a tremendous example and truth to his disciples regarding prayer. You know, God is good. And we can trust our Heavenly Father to be generous beyond what we might even think. Uh, and in verse, um, verse 11, he says, If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Again, using an example that his disciples would understand. Some of them had children, and they wanted to be generous to their children and give them, you know, what, what they're asking for, whether it was bread or whether it was, you know, an egg and so on. They give them good things, and we can all relate to that. We want to be, uh, be as, as generous as we can. Uh, we can't always give, <laughs> and it's not always right to give, you know, our children what they want. We know what's best for them. But yet, underlying of that, there is that desire as a father, and of course, the mothers that are here as well, to be generous uh, to our children. And Jesus 
says here, as he applies this example in verse 13, he says, If ye then, being evil or sinful, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father... So he uses that phrase, how much more, or how much greater is God's giving than our giving? We're, we're sinful. How can we... Uh, match up with how much God gives. And then he says, uh, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And that seems a little strange to us when we read it, perhaps. You would expect him to say, like he says in Matthew, there's a companion passage in Matthew, and he says, you know, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those, you know, that ask? And that kind of makes more sense to us. Uh, Lord, why did you say the Holy Spirit here? Well, but when you stop and think about it, and of course, uh, he's looking forward to Pentecost and all of that. We understand that. But um, when you stop and think about the fact that he's saying your Heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him. In other words, we come in prayer in giving us, believers in Christ, the Holy Spirit. He's given us everything. Not only does the Holy Spirit come and indwell believers at the moment of salvation, uh, identifying them with Christ and so on, but the Holy Spirit enables believers. We have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads in the life of believers. Uh, The Holy Spirit produces spiritual gifts in our lives when we walk in the Spirit. We are filled, as the Bible tells us, in fact, it commands us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is everything when we think of the Christian life. Uh, Without God, the Holy Spirit, indwelling us and enabling us and helping us, we could not grow in Christ. We could not be what we ought to be. We could not experience the blessings that we experience as children of God, in fact, uh, in Galatians, Paul talks about how the fact that we are more than children. With the Holy Spirit indwelling us, we are sons, and he's talking about that in a special way, meaning that we are heirs with Christ. We have so many blessings, obviously because of Christ, and then God sends the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, what does the Holy Spirit do? He intercedes for us as we pray. And I mentioned about um, Galatians 4, uh, and we'll, just a second, before I get there, I want to go back and mention something else about this passage. Jesus started out in verse 2 with, when you pray, say, our Father. The relationship with a person when we pray, God, our Heavenly Father. And he ends this teaching about prayer in this section by talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. Prayer is is relationship with God. It's not just something that we do out of, um, hopefully we have a habit of praying, but it's not just an empty habit. It's relationship. And so we we are able to talk to God, our Father. We have God, the Holy Spirit, indwelling us. And so... Uh, he enables us to do that. And what is, in Galatians chapter 4, talked about, you know, 
of the Holy Spirit coming into our hearts, and God has made us sons. Galatians 4, 6, uh, he comes into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. And so that relationship is there. And so I hope that, you know, this is an encouragement to you in prayer. There are so many blessings in prayer. And I, you know, um, you may be familiar with, with growing sunflowers. I don't know if any of you are. But um, sunflowers, as they grow, not when they get older. When they get older, it's different. But as they're growing, they face the east in the morning. They track the sun through the day until it goes down. And then they turn back to the east and so that they can be there to get that warmth of the sun and all the energy, what they need to grow from the sun. And to me, that's a wonderful illustration in nature about prayer. Um, our hearts, when we get up in the morning, should be turned to God in prayer. And as we go throughout the whole day, we can be praying and giving to him uh, praise, thanksgiving, and our burdens and our needs and receiving from him everything that we need. And unlike the sunflower, we don't have to wait till the morning. We can be turned to Father all day and all night. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the time we've had together this morning in your word. And Lord, thank you for these folks and their love and faithfulness and prayers uh, and all uh, that they, all the part that they have in the ministry that you have given to us uh, in New, Bruns New Brunswick. Thank you for this privilege that we have to be able to pray. And I pray, Lord, that you would encourage us in this and strengthen us and help us to make it uh, a daily uh, habit, but a habit that, um, that helps us to grow spiritually, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.